welcome back to Barrel State Podcast episode number four. Uh, today, guys, we have a very special guest. I know I say, I've said that the last couple weeks, but I promise you this week, guys, you're not seeing or hearing double. Uh, today, I have my twin brother, Justin, uh, on the podcast with us today. Um, and Justin, how are you doing today, bud? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. So um, just give us real quick, uh, give us a little introduction uh, for the listeners at home. Um, you don't have to go into uh, specifics if you don't want, but uh, just tell us a little bit about like what you do for your career, um, just to kind of give the, the listeners a background. Well, I guess first off, kind of kind of like what you said at, at first, it's going to be kind of weird for the people that are listening just because, like, I promise you, you're not hearing double and he's not talking to himself. But um, my name is Justin's, of course. We're, we're supposed to be twin brothers. I don't think we, when we were little, we, I think we looked more alike. But now with that we've gotten older, we kind of feel like we have our own kind of look to us and everything. But in regard to uh, career, um, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm in like an in-between state right now whenever it comes to, to career. Uh, what I'm currently doing is I'm an employee um, for the Commonwealth of Kentucky and uh, work for the Cabinet for Health and Family Services. So that's kind of like the broad picture of who I work for. Okay. And why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about like your educational background? Um, so I went to the University of Kentucky, go Cats. Um, and so that was kind of my undergraduate career was there. Um, got a, a bachelor's degree in sociology, um, also uh, studied and got a minor in criminology from UK. Um, and then whenever I got done with my uh, bachelor's degree, I immediately jumped into grad school. There was just something about, uh, you know, going to college and staying in college. I feel like whenever I first started, uh, my, I had no, you know, no desires to get anything past probably like an associate's degree. It was really all I felt like that I could stomach at the time. Um, and so, like, as the time went by and kind of the world, you get more kind of uh, acquainted with the world and what it takes to actually have a good job and to kind of go in the direction in the career that you want to go in, I quickly realized that, you know, it's going to take more than just an associate's degree. So that's kind of how I ended up at UK. Um, pursuing that bachelor's degree and then um, kind of for the, the icing on the top or the cherry on the top um, you know I went and got my master's degree from um, a school in Pittsburgh which is actually called Point Park University um, and so there I got it actually I didn't go to school in Pittsburgh but it was actually an online course um, that I did and it was a uh, master's degree in intelligence and global security which I think is a pretty cool master's degree. I don't think too many people can say they have a master's degree in Intel. So, For sure, for sure. And, like, uh, one thing I think a lot of the listeners can probably attest to this at home, um, and we talked about it kind of on the last couple episodes, is um, a lot of the times, like, whenever you get into a certain career and things, you really, you know, look back and you, it really wasn't planned out. You know, it was something that kind of just – you know, over time, one thing led to another, your interests changed here and there, and you find yourself um, in, a, in a career um, that's either, you know, interesting, or maybe it's something that back when you were in high school, you didn't maybe think that you would be into or interesting, and then you kind of find yourself um, making that into a career. So with what you said, getting into, and I know, like we've talked about before, there's some things that you're not allowed to, to talk about, but with picking a, um, a career along the lines of uh, your master's program in intelligence, when did you kind of figure out that that's what you wanted to do? Was it something that you kind of always wanted to do? Um, or is it something that um, over time you kind of researched and, and figured out that that's where you wanted to go? I'd say, um, you know, just college in general, like whenever you go um, away somewhere and you kind of have that opportunity to kind of explore um, what you want to do, um, and I can remember at, at UK specifically, um, there was a lot of classes that I took that were kind of geared towards like foreign affairs and things of that nature, and that just really seemed to interest me. Um, and so, you know, with that being said, it's just like, it, and, and a lot of people, um, you know, when they go to college, they don't they don't really have a clear picture of what they want to do, and it's not something that a lot of people, you know 
have all the everything outlined and everything kind of uh, picture perfect whenever they choose where they want to go or what major they want to do and, and all of that. But um, I think that, you know, people that are going to school, they do have some sort of what they have or you have to have some sort of idea of what kind of general direction you want to go in. And so I, I kind of knew going to UK, like what I wanted to do, um, you know, I always had an interest in law enforcement, always had an interest in those type of things. But I think it really kind of clicked with me like at UK that I could do more than just, you know, not putting down like police officers or anything like that, because I know that, you know, that's something that, you know, our society couldn't function without. And I, you know, completely applaud the people that choose to go down that path. Cause I think it's a very honorable path to go down, but um, that's kind of where my head started, you know? Um, and so after kind of exploring options in college and stuff like that, it seemed like I never really, I guess being growing up in Kentucky, you don't really realize that like, you know, that there are such kind of more broad and more, uh, I guess, more options that, you know, don't specifically fit into the state of Kentucky. So uh, I think once you, once you get a, a vision of kind of, um, kind of what career path that you want to go down, then you just kind of have to try to put all the, the pieces in your resume to be able to fit that and, and try to work towards uh, whatever your goal is. So real quick before we transition to something else, what would you say if we have a listener right now that's maybe in college or um, they're getting ready to graduate from high school and they have no clue like what they want to do as a career, um, or maybe they're in their first year of college and they're kind of stuck switching majors and they don't know what they want to do, um, what would be your advice to those people that feel kind of lost that they're kind of just spinning their wheels in the mud uh, and not going anywhere? Um, I think a, a really good um, thing that you can do, especially if you don't have a good picture of what you want to get into, definitely internships. Um, so there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies, a lot of um, agencies, a lot of places like that um, will allow you to pretty much come in and be like a regular employee. I know I did, um, an internship and it, it kind of helped me understand um, things and, and it also gives you a chance to like be hands-on and, and do things um, that you know a lot of people in school aren't doing yet so it kind of gives you that that leg up that you can say especially like what you do start applying for jobs and stuff in the future you can say well I've already had experience doing this or I've already been able to you know get hands-on with this or this or this so um, definitely internships um, and also, um, I would say, uh, just, and this is just kind of like a general thing, um, is just doing your research. Like, just like, if you, if you know what you want to do, kind of look into, to, you know, other people that are doing that or, um, look into, um, kind of the, the, for example, like if it's a website or whatever it might be, um, go there and just kind of understand what the background that it's going to take. Um, kind of what the qualification that you're going to need to do that and then kind of base your path forward based off of that. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree because, I mean, I was kind of in that boat when I was in school. You know, you probably remember, you know, when I was first out of high school, it's like I, I really had no clue what, you know, I wanted to do, what what path I wanted to take. I changed my major uh, several times. And then now kind of looking back after college and after I've kind of been in a career for um, a few years, I would say the same thing with like kids that are either getting ready to go to college or they're in college or maybe they're decided that college isn't for them. Um, I mean, the, the one thing that, you know, I wish I could have told myself, you know, now looking back at my, you know, 18, 19 year old self coming out of high school would be, you know, to try as many different things as you possibly can have a little taste of everything. Um, because you're not going to really know what you like or what you want to do or what your interests are unless you kind of just jump full on into it um, and figure out what you like. You know, you can't, you can't determine if you're going to be an entrepreneur or you're going to be, you know, a police officer or you're going to want to be in business. You're not, you're not going to know that until you try it out and give it a, give it a taste. And, um, I think a lot of the, a lot of the times kids think that they have to have their whole like career and life planned out as soon as they, you know, walk across and get their diploma in high school. Um, when in reality, they, they have so much time, they're so young and they don't even realize 
how much life they have left ahead of them. You know, if you try something out, you don't like it, switch. I mean, you're not, you're not going to ruin your life by trying something um, and figuring out, oh, this isn't for me. You know, so I think that's the main thing is just don't be, don't be scared to fail. And you're young, you have plenty of time to try as many different things as you can. And that's only going to, if you adopt that philosophy, um, that you can just try everything out until you, you know, find happiness in what you really like, that's what's going to lead to, you know, ultimate success in the long run, in my opinion. And, and of course, you, I mean, you always will have those people that like that they don't have a plan and they, they want to go to school and they just kind of they'll, they'll pick something that they think is interesting. I mean, I'm sorry, but ancient Greek studies doesn't really have a whole lot to offer once you get out of school. So it's just like, you know, you have to be conscious about kind of like where you're going and, and, and a plan to how to get there. And um, I think um, some people. They, they get caught up in the, the, what, what truly interests them, which, of course, you know, I'm all about pursuing your dreams. And, but you got to have a plan for how you're going to make money, too, at some point. Like, you know, you can have, you know, every degree imaginable in Greek philosophy and museum studies and all that. But if you can't get a job after college, it's not really going to matter. So uh, yeah. that's kind of how I look at it, too. Absolutely. You always have to have the end, end goal in mind, know where this is heading. If it's something that, you know, such a narrow end goal, you might want to reconsider to something that, you know, maybe is a little bit more uh, realistic. Uh, but transitioning just real quickly, and it's hard not to talk about um, kind of what's going on in the state right now um, with the coronavirus Corona. pandemic. Um, and I know it's kind of dominated pretty much everything from sports to the news cycle to politics to you know, every single, you know, aspect of our lives for the last couple months. Um, but with you, you, and you're, you know, obviously working for the state, um, what, has this had any really impact on, like, your daily, weekly routines with what you do, or has it still kind of been just business as usual for you? Um, I would say pretty much, uh, I mean, every, I think every place is taking certain precautions and taking certain, uh, you know, measures to make sure that people are safe and that uh, the corona isn't being spread. Um, and, you know, so I think uh, pretty much, you know, with my job um, and kind of the, the team that I'm on, um, it's pretty much been business as, as usual. Um, I mean, like I said, we things are just different now. Um, but in regard to kind of the day-to-day -day type things and what we're doing and stuff like that, really hasn't been much change at all. So are you working from home or are you still going into the, the office every day? Um, I, you know, I don't really want to speak specifically about kind of where I am and, and different things like that. But um, I would say that the state, in regard to what I do, we've been prepared and um, all the, the things that, you know, my team members and things like that have been doing, we, it hasn't really affected our ability to, to function or our ability to, to meet the needs of the people that we serve. So, gotcha, gotcha. So, um, outside of work, and you know, you know, I think a lot of the the things that have happened over the last month have put things into perspective a little bit, especially for the the people that are you know no longer you know working in their offices or they're they're working trying to work from home or maybe they're um, unemployed and they they're lost their job for a period of time. Um, and we talked about this in the last episode a little bit as well about how kind of this, if there is any silver lining from this experience for me, um, it would be that it's kind of put things into perspective of like what's really kind of important in life. And that's kind of, you know, your, your, your family, your loved ones, um, and things like that and your health. Um, so, you know, out of what's kind of happened over the last couple months have have you had any experiences like that where it's kind of um given you some like perspective about what's really important um of, of course i mean when you when you watch the news and you see uh, kind of the, the the different places in the world that have been hit hard um especially places when when you think of like new york city and washington state and and places like that uh, that have had um, substantial amount of like uh, death and 
uh, you know, people that have been affected either by their jobs or their businesses. Um, so all, all of that, uh, you know, when you see that, it, it really makes you uh, realize that um, the important things um, are not always the material things. So, um, you know, it's, if, if, it's, if it's family and friends and, and stuff like that, um, it, you really realize that, um, that those things are truly valuable um, and that um, even though that we're, we're all suffering um, through this, um, we still all have a lot of wealth um, whenever it comes to our relationships and our family um, and our friends. Totally agree. Yeah, it, it definitely has kind of put things into uh, perspective, you know, for me you know, as well over the last several months. So um, what do you think, how do you think this plays out? I mean, we have now been in quarantine for um, a month and um, we've kind of seen how some states are starting to open back up uh, ever slow, ever so slowly. Um, Donald Trump has kind of said that he wants the country to be back open, the economy back open um, by the end of May, um, early June. Um, so what, what do you think, in your opinion, how do you think that we get back to normal life or how long do you think it takes for us to get back um, if we ever get back to like our normal daily lives? I mean, I'm hoping it gets back sooner than later. I mean, hell, I was, I was singing, uh, singing in the car today, midnight train to Georgia because they're opening back up down there in Georgia. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, but I think of course, you know, people want to do that safely. I think that, uh, I think we're in a good position. I think our state has, whenever, if you're talking about, you know, cases per capita, our state is, um, seems like that it, we're doing better than others. Um, I do think that um, you're gonna see like a rollout slow kind of phases um, in different different places. Um, and I think that that'll probably start here within the next, next few weeks. So hopefully that will transition um, rather quickly once we're able to see that we can do things and case loads don't spike and we're able to to put in measures that don't um you know make us kind of do this all over again i would hate for um everything to kind of open back up and then we have to walk back down in the middle of summer like that would not be yeah. that would not be fun i mean politics aside i i do i do feel that like our state government andy Bashir, have, have done a decent job at you know containing uh the virus in our state and keeping the spread and the curve as they say um as flattened as they possibly can um i do think that the economy in order for us to kind of um avoid a depression or a, a recession or whatever you want to call it um i do think that, that we need to get the economy back up and rolling as soon as we can um but you know we do have to we do have to be cautious like you said um, because we don't want to put anybody's lives at, at risk and um, we don't want to jeopardize, you know, other other people's uh, families and things just to get that economy up and, and running. So it's definitely a fine line that we have to kind of toe until we um, till we get past this, get a vaccine or whatever we have to do. Um, but we have to kind of be, you know, um, very vigilant at, at what we do and how we do it um, to kind of not only watch out for the people in our state's health, but also um, make sure that we have a, a state and economy to go back to once all this is uh, over with. And be, being in, uh, you know, the real estate field now, getting started, you know, in the real estate business, trying to get my business up and running, I definitely um, hope that this doesn't last too long because um, we need the, the housing market to kind of open back up and, and start rolling uh, here soon. So, um, moving on to, to something a little bit more positive and uh, me and you have for the last few years um, had season tickets to Kentucky football um, and it's been one it's it's been something that has kind of been in the the sports news cycle for the last several weeks about you know are we gonna have college football this fall is this gonna last until the summer um, where, you know, if this, if we have, you know, summer classes canceled and, and kids can't be on campus in the summer, then that's going to pretty much, um, knock out college football because these kids would have to be training and, and getting ready, you know, and studying and all that, um, up until, you know, 
July and August when, you know, they they would be getting ready to start the season. So um, I guess that's my question. Um, do, do you think that, you know, college football is in jeopardy or do you think that this is, is – we're starting to see a downturn where um, we might have college football in the fall? I think I think it's kind of all up in the air right now. I think that we are starting to see a turn. So, um, and I think a lot of sports have been coming up with different plans in regard <clears> to, you know, how they're going to proceed. Whether it's playing in, in empty stadiums and mm-hmm. arenas or uh, different things like that. So I know that it's um, and and a lot of these schools depend quite heavily on football for revenue. So um, if if not all of their revenue, so um, I think that they'll most likely try to work something out. Um, I'd be, I'm ready to make a deal, though, with, with Bashir. If, if Kentucky can just – if we can have one game and we can just play Louisville and blow them out, I'd be fine with it. Like, we, that, that's all I need is just so we can lay the smack down on the Dirty Birds uh, one time and then I'm done for the season. We, we, can, we can go to bed at that point. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I, I – when you said about the, uh, the budgets and the revenue – um, I do think that that is going to be a big issue uh, because, you know, it, it was a big story when the NCAA tournament decided to cancel and we didn't have the SEC tournament and it kind of, you know, the basketball season kind of just was over in, in a, in a you know, blink. So um, that was one thing, but that's only, you know, such a small portion of, you know, a lot of these athletic departments budget. So, um, with football, it's a it's a totally different story, and that's why I think you're going to see the way that they hand the NCAA and you know every you know, all these schools the way that they handle college football is going to be a lot different than how they handled uh, the the NCAA tournament in college basketball. Because I mean, if you're you're looking at if they were to cancel football, which I highly doubt that they're going to cancel it altogether, they would find probably some way to have it. But if for instance, if they were to um, cancel it, I mean, you're talking about eliminating, like, I think they say for most schools, 90% of their revenue, I mean, that, that these schools are making off uh, college football. Um, so, I mean, I, I really don't know if you, if you were to cancel the whole season. I don't know how some of these smaller schools, you know, survive and are, you know, able to afford to pay, you know, their their staff and their directors and you know all these people that they have within their athletic department if you know 90 percent of their revenue is just gone um from the season especially after we just took a big hit uh from you know the uh, the college uh basketball tournament ncaa tournament so it'll definitely be interesting to see how they go about if they are going to come up with some type of alternative without fans or if they're going to move the uh you know, the, the college football season to the spring, maybe. I've heard that as an option. Um, it will be interesting to see, you know, what they do, okay, because I, I know that it is it is going to be very, you know, important for these athletic departments when it comes to, you know, their, their revenue and their budget. So, um, but just to talk a little bit about, you know, Kentucky, since this is a Kentucky uh, podcast here, um, Last season, Kentucky finished eight and five overall. We know that, and we know that they finished with a bowl win um, against Virginia Tech in a game where Lynn Bowden, who just got drafted by the Oakland Raiders, shout out Lynn Bowden, um, just went off. He, you know, he played quarterback, he ran the ball, you know, all over the field against them, and he obviously had that game-winning throw at the end of the game uh, where he beat Virginia Tech to win the uh, the Belk Bowl. So from last season, um, you know, other than that bowl win, um, from what you remember from last season, what, what would you say was your highlight of the year? I know that they, they you know, they didn't have the, the type of season that they had um, uh, from a year ago where they, you know, went to the Citrus Bowl and they had that you know, amazing 10 in one season. But from last season with the with all that went on with, you know, Lynn Bowden and all that, what, what was your takeaway as, you know, the one memory that you can remember from last season? 
Well, I mean, I hate to, to rub it in more, but I, I would say uh, beating Louisville, of course, um, it's always the highlight of every Kentucky fan um, season. I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to rub too much salt in the wound, but um, yeah, yeah, I do actually. But uh, like, I, I would say just us having that having that record um, of a, of a winning season. I mean, I don't think people realize, like as Kentucky fans, like how much that truly means to have a football team that can. They can go to a bowl game and win a bowl game, and so um, I think just seeing that consistent consistently now um, and being able to to make bowl games, it, it actually gives you something to be excited about. Like I know us uh, Kentucky boys are all we're kind of programmed to be all about basketball, and I'm honestly like I'm I get excited about football almost as much as I do basketball now because it's just like you can go to the games like it's affordable. Um, it's not something that you got to take out like a you know an extra mortgage to to be able to afford a seat. Like um, you know I can I can buy season tickets and be able to go to all the home home games and tailgate and do all that, and it's not something that's gonna break the bank. So um, and, and I, I would say just during this Stoops era, just us being able to compete um, is the most exciting thing. Um, you know, and just being able to to see you know our players. Um, you know, being major draft picks um, is yeah. another thing. That's not something you usually see in football. It's usually something that's kind of, uh, you know, all about basketball. But now that we're we're getting the spotlights being shown on the on the football uh, field, uh, things seem to be changing. The tide seems to be changing um, in Kentucky sports. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I think that the underdog role definitely plays a big factor in, especially you know, for me and you know the the way that you know, Kentucky football's kind of sparked these last several years and how, you know, the, the fan support's always been there, but it, it just seems like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, like, Kentucky football has always been disrespected. Like, we've never <laughs> we've never gotten credit uh, for anything. And, I mean, a lot of it has to do with our, our past and the fact that we've, you know, had very few winning seasons and um, we have a – you know, a smaller school up north that has uh, typically, um, you know, either done a little bit better than us or kind of, you know, done about the same. So we kind of – we don't overshadow um, all the other schools in the state like we do uh, in basketball. Uh, but, you know, since since Mark Stoops has taken over, you've seen Kentucky kind of change that, you know, being outshadowed, outshadowed by, you know, all the other SEC schools. and uh, competing right there on the same level with, uh, you know, Louisville in the uh, ACC. And now you're starting to see Kentucky dominating the recruiting in the state. They're obviously uh, beating Louisville consistently now for the last couple of years. And now they're starting to make that turn where they're beating, they're getting, you know, several SEC wins every year. Um, and they're starting to kind of edge their way up, nudge their way up. Uh, in the SEC East where they could possibly, I'm not going to say it, but they could possibly make a run um, at the uh, the SEC championship game. So we'll see. You know, who knows? You know, who never, nobody ever thought that we would win uh, 10, 10 games and uh, get close to a New Year's Six Bowl game. Uh, but that happened just a couple yeah. years ago. So we'll definitely see where that goes. And um, that well, kind of leads me into my next thing. And I'll give you a second here in just a second. But uh, – Coming up until this new season, if we have a season, um, I definitely think that this is going to be a year where Kentucky is going to make a big step because it is a season where we're coming off of an eight and five season. But you can make an argument that that eight and five season could have been another, you know, ten and two season or whatever you want to say. So um, with with Terry Wilson going out in the uh, the beginning of the season against Eastern Michigan. So you could say that the last year, you know, could have been a lot better than it was. So this is a year where we're not really losing anybody. You know, you you look at the roster, you're losing, you know, Lynn Bowden on offense, but, you know, you'll have Terry Wilson back playing quarterback, um, and you're having, you know, potentially one of the best defenses we've ever had. Yeah. So um, what what is your expectation? What are you excited about this upcoming season? Um, I mean, I, I hope for, first off, I hope we have Steve. I mean, that, that's kind of the, the main thing there. Um, but I, I would say just progressively seeing us uh, better. I think every year it seems like that we're right there. 
it's like we're right there. We're we're at that cutoff mark where it's like you're gonna see a UK team like you've never seen before. And it's like we're talking, you know, big bowl games. We're talking, you know, sky's the limit. And it seems like we always get crippled early. It's like always get crippled early where it's like we lose to somebody that we didn't, you know, that we thought we were going to blow out, which I know we don't blow out a lot of people, but, like, UK fans are crazy. Like, we think every once in a while we're going to blow somebody out, especially these, you know, non-conference teams that we schedule early in the in the season. Uh, so I would say just – I really want to see that consistency going into SEC play. Like, I want to be, I want to see us maybe possibly, you know, being, you know, undefeated whenever, you know, the, I, I hate the first couple, two or three games of the season whenever we lose to freaking Southern Miss or somebody like just crazy like that. That like, and I get that those are good schools, but it's like, you know, it, this is SEC football. Like, this is Kentucky football now. Like, if we're going to turn the page and if we're going to be that team, then you know we we can't we can't fumble uh, right out of the gate like we yeah. just can't do it. Yeah, and I, and I I do think that um, in order for Kentucky to make that jump to where we're at the top of the the SEC East and contending for potentially going to the SEC championship game, they have to get to a point where they're consistently you know beating Tennessee and they're beating you know these schools that they should be beating. Um, you know, when you look at, you know, recruiting and things, how we, we've, you know, I know Tennessee is, you know, getting back to where they're recruiting in the top 10 and things again. But um, they're going to have to get to a point where, you know, beating Tennessee and South Carolina um, and Mississippi State, um, those are just, you know, things that we expect. In basketball, we expect to beat every SEC team we play. You know, in football, it's a little different. But I think in order for Kentucky to make that jump, uh, we're going to have to get to that mentality where, you know, we, we've proven that we can beat these teams uh, and it's almost expected, you know, especially when we're playing them at home and things, that we're going to beat them uh, consistently. And I think that's – we're at the point where we can beat them, but in order for us to get to that next level, we have to kind of adopt a mentality and a culture where, you know, it's not – you know, we're rushing the field if we beat Tennessee. It's – we expect to beat Tennessee – every single time we play. So um, I think that that's what needs to change in order to us to kind of get to the next uh, level under um, Mark Stoops. But um, I will say that this upcoming season, and I'm, I'm going to make a bold statement, and we'll have to see if it plays out, and hopefully we'll have a season to even see if it plays out. Um, but I will make the argument that, I mean, this upcoming season, you're going to see Kentucky potentially – have one of the best defenses we've ever had at Kentucky, maybe the best. Because um, you look at, you know, the roster from last season, um, and we pretty much have everybody back. I mean, with the exception of guys maybe like Cash Daniel, who um, who's graduated, I mean, you have an, you know, pretty much loaded uh, defense. I mean, we had a secondary last year that was young, with, you know, a bunch of freshmen and sophomores playing, all those guys will be back. And then you had, you know, guys that sat out because of injury and things that would be back as well. So our defense will be absolutely loaded. So if there's one silver lining and one positive um, about the beginning of the season, and like you said, you know, that the beginning of the season is always kind of where Kentucky kind of stumbles, you're going to see a team – that can kind of sit back and rely on its defense and wait for the other things like the offensive game and the running game and the passing game and all that to kind of develop. And we'll have our defense to hang our hat on, which, you know, we've always had a decent defense, but you're not going to – we will see a defense this year that we have not seen at Kentucky in our lifetimes most likely. Yeah, and that, that's, that's something that I feel like that we've been working towards um, ever since Stoops. Um, has got at Kentucky is because I mean of course he's a defensive guy like that's kind of his that's kind of his um, background his mo um, is kind of to focus on on defense um, and I think a lot of times you can see that because you know we're not really the flashy type we're not the you know we haven't been able to really be that offense that you know dominates people or anything like that and so um, I think you know if you get the right team the right defense and the right coach, which seems like it's all coming together, um, you know, that the old saying that, you know, defense wins championships, 
um, we can only hope that that's true. So, yeah. Final question about Kentucky football, and then we'll move on to something else. Um, and I, I wrote down my answer, and I want to see if we if we our twin brains think alike here. Um, but out of the Mark Stoops air, and so far since I mean I don't want to include back you know from Rich Brooks and things like that because there's just too many options. But from the Mark Stoops era, um, what has been your single favorite moment that you can remember uh, from from the, the last several seasons? Well, I think, I mean, I hope we both have the, the same moment because we were at the game. Uh, <laughs> I would say the biggest biggest moment for me was, um, and I think it, it, a lot of it might just be because of where we were at in the, in the stadium. But um, when Kentucky uh, won by a field goal, um, was it? It was Mississippi State, right? Mississippi mm-hmm. State. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a pretty awesome moment. I think we all kind of lost our minds. Yes, the, the Austin and, McGinnis uh, <laughs> uh, field goal was was up there, but it was not my first pick because oh, really? I wasn't at the the game for the pick because it was a road game. And the, my my favorite moment, and it was a horrible game, but my favorite moment was the Missouri. Uh, C.J. Conrad uh, walk off catch on the last play of the game. Terry oh, Wilson, overtime. Yeah, yeah, threw it to. Uh, I don't know if it was overtime, but it was at the end of the game. Whenever uh, Lynn Bowden had just ran back a like a, a punt return, and then uh, Missouri had come on the field. Kentucky stopped them. We had to go the length of the field and uh, to to win the game. And then C.J. Conrad catches the the catch there in, in the end zone, and the as the time expires, and it was like a walk off win. Kentucky wins, um, and it kind of kept their their season alive because they, you know, were kind of starting to trend down a little bit, um, and that kind of just saved them from you know losing the the ropes and losing the reins to the, the season. So that was if I could pick one thing so far that, and that was also on Halloween. So that was. That was a big, you know, weekend and big moment. So, what did you dress up as? I think I was. Uh, I think I was. Uh, what, what's his name? Steve Irwin, the the crocodile Steve Irwin? owner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Crikey. Good yeah, pick. That's, Good pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, moving on real quick. We'll we'll play a game real quick. Do you want to play a game? Is this like a Saul thing or? No, this is. I'm not gonna tie you up or nothing, but. Um, <laughs> This is a uh, – it's a question game. Last episode, um, we played, a, like, a game where I asked three questions um, and I gave the list – or the, I gave the guests, uh, like, some time to kind of think about what they were going to ask as I asked the question. But the three questions, and you have to try to do better than me um, and answer more than I answer. Okay, so I'm going to ask you three questions, and then you're going to ask me three so, questions. So the, the, topic? the topic is how well do you know your brother? So I'm going to ask oh, you three questions um, that are, you know, that you should know because you're my okay. brother. Um, and we'll see how you do. Do you think you're prepared for this? Uh, I mean, we're pretty much the same person. So if, if I get this wrong, I, I don't know what went wrong. Okay. So we'll, while I'm asking you the three questions, I want you to think about just three questions. And it can be just like basic, you know, things about you that I should know, like what's your favorite, blah, 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 whatever, okay? So uh, question number one, and this one I'm going to give you some options because there's a million possibilities, so I'm going to give you some options here, okay? And I'm going to keep it easy to start. So what is my favorite food out of pizza, hot wings, or steak? I'm going to go with hot wings. Correct. Answer number one, you got correct. All right, let's, let's move on to number two. All right, since we were talking about college and I, how I, I changed my major a million times when I was in school, right out of high school, let's see if you know this one. What was my very first college major? I know you went to Sullivan. I did. And it was either business or criminal justice. I'm going to say business. Correct. It was. It was business and marketing at Sullivan. Ooh. All right. Two for two. Man, this this might not be a competition at all. All right. And number three, okay, what sport could I always beat you at? Uh, none. 
So <laughs> see, I see, I wrote down all of them. Just kidding. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Final answer, and it's correct. So <laughs> <laughs> that is incorrect, and the correct answer was basketball, if not AKA all of them. All right. So um, now, do you have do you have three questions, or do you want me to give you some more time? Give me like two seconds. I got one down. Okay. And we're gonna work on. Okay. While he's working on his questions, to the listeners at home, um, I really appreciate anytime you guys are liking and sharing uh, the podcast. So that really helps us kind of spread uh, the podcast to new listeners and, and uh, drawing a bigger audience. So if you have enjoyed uh, this podcast, I would really, really appreciate it. Um, if you're on Facebook, if you would uh, like and share uh, below, or if you're listening to this on Anchor or Spotify, if you were to share this on uh, your social media pages, um, I would really, really appreciate that. And it helps us kind of uh, bring in more guests and also helps us spread this so that we can grow our audience and, and talk to more people. You ready? Sure. I'm still working on the, on this third one, but I'll go ahead and give you the two. And then we'll, if, if I can't think of a third one, then we'll just have to, we'll have to yeah, think we'll, of something. On the I'll spot. give you, I'll give you one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so number one, Uno, All right. who was my favorite baseball player growing up? And I'll even give you his position. He was a catcher. Oh, that's too easy. Then. It's too easy. Mike Matheny. <laughs> catcher okay. for the St. Louis Cardinals. All right, one for one. We're going to tie, and this is just going to be, yeah, it's going to be nonsense. All right, what's number All two? Right. What was my first job? This one's kind of easy, I feel like. Your first oh, that's tricky because it was like what are you what are you considering your first job? Like your first official job? Sure. Yeah, like where I actually got like, like a you got, official like paycheck. they took taxes out? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I became a taxpayer. <laughs> <laughs> uh I would say wasn't it uh you were a sign shaker at Little Caesars Pizza? That's right. But I wasn't just a sign shaker, I wore the suit and everything. Like oh, the yeah, little Caesar right. outfit guy. And then yep. I, I got promoted to the – I got to work in the oven. <laughs> you, got, you got to actually make the $5 pizzas. <laughs> what a promotion. All right, do you have a third one? Number three is going to be what is – okay, I got it. You, I, think, I feel like you're going to know this, though. Okay, so when we were little, we both had pet bunnies, okay? Like we had the rabbits, okay? We had, we had bunny rabbits. Yep. What was the name of my rabbit? Your rabbit's name was Skipper. And I did you you picked that you you picked that out. So <laughs> nobody gave you that. You just you were like, yeah. hey, my rabbit. I mean, could I be think Skipper. they had a web page for it. I think it was like, you know, nameyourbunny.com. Like what a name. All right, so we we end every single one of these, and I officially won that one because I I answered three for three, and you unfortunately missed that last question about which sport you know I could always beat you at. So um, that I will keep the belt this week, and we will wait and next week and see if the next guest uh, can beat me in. Uh, the, the the three question game. So at the end of every podcast so far, we have just done um, some quick fire questions. So five questions, and these are just going to be um, like your opinion. So there's not a game or anything, but um, I'm going to ask you five questions, and I'm not going to give you any time to to think about what you're going to answer because I want to get your natural reaction. Now, some of these might be like deep thought provoking questions, and some of these might just be you know silly off the top of your uh, head type of answers, all right? So, um, and I don't want you to think about it. I just want you to give me your initial reaction and what you think. You ready? Go ahead. All right. Quick fire questions. Here we go. Question number one. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? I would say fly. That's a good one. You can go. You can go down to Florida right now, or hell, when Georgia opens up, boom, you're there. I, I was gonna say invisibility. 
it's kind of depressing, but <laughs> <laughs> no, because you could like you could just go anywhere you wanted, and like nobody would, you know, you could just you know leave the house. You could just, I feel you like you'd miss out you. though. You'd miss out. Nobody know you're there. <laughs> All right. So, um, question number two. All right, this this one's getting deep. It's a weird question to follow up that one with with a, with a serious one, but here I want to see what you say. What is your dream, or what motivates you to keep hustling? Oh man, we just fell in the deep end. I guess it's a weird transition, but it's a good question. I would say what motivates me is the desire to have everything that I want in life. And so, you know, my version of success, I feel like I have, you know, two different tiers to exist. Like I have a macro and a micro level of success. So like, you know, micro level would be like personally, like, you know, of course I want to have a job that like I'm happy going to every day. Um, a job that like, you know, pays the bills, allows me to have all the, the stuff that I want and live the lifestyle that I want to live. I mean, also be able to, you know, support myself and a family. Um, and then the, the macro uh, level of success for me is that desire to just, you know, make a change in some way in the world. So whether that's, you know, something small or something big, like, you know, ultimately, um, you know, my, hopefully I'll be able through whatever it is that I do in life, whether that's a career, whether that's, kind of, you know, the things that I get involved in um, is leave um, the world a little bit better um, than what it was whenever I came into it. So, okay, you asked for deepness, so. I like it. I like that answer. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I think, you know, whenever, you know, tough times come or you're, adver you're faced with adversity and things, you, you have to have something that kind of, you know, that you're, that wakes you up in the morning and that motivates you to, kind of keep going even like when you're tired or like you've you're frustrated with you know your your job or if you don't have that motivation there's got to be something that you can kind of you know build on and, and you know keep pushing on what your rock so to say um that you know keeps you going and and, and hustling even when you you feel like you you don't want to so i like that answer definitely um number four okay this question says if you had to eat one food every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? And think wisely oh, about man. this because, you know, I mean, this you can't, just pick, me. you can't like, just pick your favorite food because then you're going to get tired of it. You know, you might want to pick and, – and then also I'm you got to bring health food. into it. I'm going to go drink. I'm going to go drink. You can go I, drink. I can't go, go drink. day. I can't go a day without coffee. So, okay. that, like, that's that's me. Like, if, if I go more than a day or two without coffee, like, it's it's like an emergency, you know. So I agree. Uh, we're definitely we're definitely related because I'm the same way. Coffee is uh, its own food group for me. You know, you got you coffee is just you know it's an essential. It's like drinking water. You know, did you get your eight eight cups in? You know, if, yes. if, something, if something happens with the jugular <laughs> and nothing can go down, I mean, get the IV going because it's, it's got <laughs> to find a way. Get the get the cold <laughs> brew drip going into his veins. He'll be all right. All right, question number uh, four. Question number four. Uh, Zaxby's or Cane's? Zaxby's. Zaxby's. Zaxby's all day. What is it about Zaxby's that, that edges out over Cane's? It's just the, the menu. I mean, you got uh, more options. Yeah. You go to Cane's, you got, you know, it's, it's chicken fingers. That's literally it. You know, what if you want a sandwich? That's you don't have to make well, your own sandwich at home with the chicken. Hey, you go to Cane's, they they will put a chicken tender between a bun and call it a sandwich. But listen, um, if you were giving me the option, and I know you said you mentioned the menu, but Zaxby's, they're just they're the flavor of the chicken is just not on the same level as Cane's. So if you're giving me the option of what Cane's does best, chicken tenders and fries, or anything on Zaxby's ginormous menu. I'm still going Canes because the flavor is better at Canes than. I mean, they're both good. I'm just like, if I was going to pick one, like, I'm not like you. I'm not putting down the other one. I think that's a little <laughs> rude, but. All right. Final, final question. 
Ready, ready for the final question. Okay, if you could not live in Kentucky, you had to live in another part of the state. And I'm not talking about like where your job, or not not the state, the country. And I'm not talking about like where there's job opportunities or whatever. You had to pick one other place to live besides our great state of Kentucky. Where would it be? Well, I do think Kentucky is like the best place to be. So, but if I had to pick anywhere else, uh, if it wasn't for like job reasons or anything like that, um, I would say Florida because you know I love going to the beach. I think it's relaxing. Um, but I think you would get tired with it yeah. just like anywhere else. Like you would get so tired of being in the warm beachy weather all the time. You'd be going somewhere cold for vacation. So I think I mean, but if I had to choose somewhere, I guess it would be Florida. Yeah, I mean, I agree because like Kentucky is a is such a great place to live, and I I don't think I would want to live you know, anywhere else. But, you know, I, this is a tough question because when I initially read this question, I was like, oh, that's an easy question. Just think of like somewhere you like on vacation. I mean, but then you start thinking in like, if you had to live there, like you said, you're gonna get tired of the beach. You're gonna get tired of the heat and the humidity if you're, you know, in the South. Um, so then I started thinking like, well, where else would I want to live? And then I was thinking of like, oh, I'd want to live up like up in the, you know, North somewhere like Wyoming or something like where it's beautiful and there's just like not a lot of people, but then you're like, well, I, you know, would like that for, for a while. And then you're going to get bored with, with nothing to do. And you're going to be out in the middle of nowhere. So that is a tough question. You can only see so many Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. So many exactly. Buffalo. You only have so many campfires and then you're just like, you know, I can't, I can't eat any more s'mores. So, um, no, it's, it's, that's definitely a good question. I like your answer because, you know, Florida is a great state, you know, if you're into partying and beaches. So, um, that's 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 for you, you know. So if if you uh, do decide to move uh, out of Kentucky, not so much on the partying side, but you know, definitely the beach. <laughs> I think we lost. Can you hear me? Yeah, you still there? Yeah, I said not. So I think much. we might have lost him, guys. But listen, hey, this concludes uh, episode number four of Barrel State Podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching and tuning in. I appreciate it, uh, Justin. Thank you for coming on today. I appreciate it. We'll have to get you back on. Uh, in the future. And um, I ask you guys again, please, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, like and share uh, below, hit the button, and we will see you guys next week for episode uh, number five. See you guys later. Bye.